as, as user of Facebook, you know, uh, the, the sole purpose I, I am on there, as I'm sure with many other people, mm-hmm. is to connect with our friends, with relatives. With we've people, recently connected, haven't we, Tristan? We've recently connected, and yeah. um, that, that means that we've Thanks, en- entered a new level. <laughs> not Jamie. We, we've recently connected. Oh, have we? Oh, yeah, we have. He doesn't even know. Just not me. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another telecoms.com podcast. Just as a reminder, if you're watching us on the site, uh, you can also listen to us on SoundCloud or iTunes. And if you listen to us, you can watch us on the site or on Facebook or countless other media. Um, This week, I'm joined by Jamie as ever, but we've got a surprise new guest, Tristan. Now, most of you probably won't know Tristan, although some of you might. But Tristan works on the sales team of telecoms.com. And we're just having a little chat. Ian's not feeling too well today, by the way. Ian Morris, our, our regular guy. So sorry, Ian. I hope you get well soon. And some of our other super subs. This is no disrespect to Tristan, by the way. Thank you. Some of our other super subs, <laughs> like, uh, I know, it's, uh, as I was saying, I was thinking, this sounds pretty disrespectful. But bear I with me. Free half hour. You know, bear with me, yeah. Uh, you know, Jesse wasn't around and some random tramp off Tottenham Court Road wasn't around. So, <laughs> so then we went for Tristan. So this is a bit of an experiment, everyone, because, you know, have you done podcasts before, Tristan? Uh, no, this will be my first time. There so, we are. Um, so there we are. So it could go very well or it could go very, very badly. Thanks for the uh, conference. Yeah, cool. <laughs> uh, so anyway, enough of that. Um, what we're going to talk about this week, we're going to start off by talking about data privacy. And then we're going to move on to Chinese democracy, which is basically a headline I've picked because I'm wearing a Guns N' Roses t-shirt. It might not actually have anything to do with Chinese or democracy. Uh, and then we're going to finish off by talking about Amazon Go. So data privacy, I'm going to not do my usual thing, which winds Jamie up of banging on for about 10 minutes before he gets a chance. So I'm going to hand the ball straight to you, Jamie. Why do we care about data privacy this week? Well, there, there's just a couple of stories that really caught my attention this week. And the first of which was from Davos, where you had um, Ruth Porat, I think her name is, who is the CFO of uh, Alphabet. Okay, and which is like Greater Google. Yeah, yeah, the 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 parent company of Google, and the uh, the quote that she came out with was, "As soon as you're asking for transparency, trust is lost in an right. organisation." And what do you mean by that? Uh, so essentially, um, as soon as we're asking you to prove you're not doing anything bad we've lost trust in your brand, mm-hmm. which is where... There should be an assumption. Yeah, yeah, which is what Uber faced, what, about six, seven months ago when okay. they, they had all the probes going in about their working conditions. Like, no one actually trusted the brand, so they're saying, yeah. right, prove yourself now. We're not going to let you operate. We're going to we're gonna ask you to prove yourself. No one, no one wants an Uber probe. No, no. <laughs> um, and the other, the other one was uh, Facebook, so we're keeping it uh, sort of OTT level. Um, and it was a story today that Max Schrems uh-huh. is suing Facebook uh, over privacy concerns. Okay. So that and that's been going for a little while, hasn't it? That yeah, Schrems thing. It's been going on for a while. It's been going on for a while. Um, he was the guy who brought down Safe Harbor, uh-huh. um, and he has been very critical of Facebook all the way through, and he's been very critical of the Privacy Shield as well. Right. Um, but then at the same time, so he's taken Google, uh, Facebook to court, and he's saying you violated my European right to privacy um, by, you know, moving data around to various different places. Outside of Europe? Uh, yes, yeah, so in America, yeah, uh, yeah, essentially. So you can't just get my data that's initially stored in Europe and whack it over to the States? Well, so this is a part of the bigger arguments, like how much can the OTTs do in Silicon Valley when they're obeying American laws, but they're technically violating European laws. So it's it's a, uh, you know, it's, a do- it's dodgy grants. No one's yeah. really found the perfect solution yet. And the big thing I found was Max Schrems is going to make an absolute circus of this court case. Yeah. And he is going to make Facebook justify everything they do and explain yeah, everything publicly. That they do. Yeah. And so it could for me, like Ruth was talking Ruth Porat was talking earlier this uh, earlier this week, you know, when you ask for transparency, you pull back the curtain and you see what these companies mm-hmm. are doing. Yeah. And, you know, this is part of the reason we wanted sort of Tristan on today was, you know, the man on the we we don't really understand how Facebook we, we've got a you know a basic understanding of how Facebook makes yeah, money. by virtue of our day job. Yeah. We don't know the nitty-gritty details. Um, you know, 
Tristan as Man on the Streets. Is that what Tristan? Are you a Man on the Street? Is that, is that the uh, official uh, yeah, designation? That, that's my job title here right. on Telecoms.com. Is, <laughs> is, is, is if you could maybe sort of ham up your sort of Essex accent a little bit to make it even more convincing, <sighs> that would be great. Well, wasn't that convincing enough? Uh, you've got to be a bit more geesery, <laughs> innit? Geezer-like, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? Right, yeah, it's a Man on okay, the so Street. It's a Man on the Street. What yeah. do you think about all this then? Do you, well, do you know how Facebook makes money? I, I don't know. And but but do we care? I mean, you know, as 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 a use as, as a user of Facebook, you know, uh, the the sole purpose I, I am on there, as I'm sure with many other people, mm-hmm. is to connect with our friends, with relatives. With we've people, recently connected, haven't we, Tristan? We've recently connected, and yeah. um, that that means that we've Thanks, entered, en- entered a new <laughs> level. <laughs> no, of Jamie. We we've recently connected. Oh, have well. we? Oh yeah, we have. He doesn't even know. Just not me and he, Jamie. He, he doesn't even know. He must be you know, drunk, I... drunk at the time, eating donuts or something. <laughs> like I've worked I've worked for Scott for over two years now, and he's never connected to me on Facebook. Well, actually, he when, barely likes my tweets on. Uh, it's probably for the best. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on, Pierre. I'm with I'm with Pierre on that one. This, this <laughs> is this is a tangent that's worth exploring. So you've never invited me. So don't just pin it all on me. By the way, it's not like you've sent me an invite and I've declined it. <laughs> Scott, Scott's Scott's very open to accepting. Uh, yeah, yeah, I accepted. I accepted Tristan's. But it is an interesting thing, isn't it? So when you've got a professional relationship, obviously Jamie and I, we know each other, we're getting a pub, yeah. you know, it, it, pretty informal, but it's still a professional relationship as well. We wouldn't know each other if we weren't working together. Yeah, ab- and, absolutely. And then, you know, who knows what crazy stuff you might sometimes put up on Facebook. And your friends, you know, we were talking about it earlier, Tristan, your friends will give you a pass. You know, you can get properly drunk and just behave badly and your yeah. friends will go, okay, I know Tristan, he's not really like that. It's just a, you know, he's just wasted. He just, uh, he yeah. just overdid it. Yeah. But Stalled when it's a life. professional relationship, you don't necessarily get that kind of pass. And I'm not saying that applies to me and Jamie. In fact, I'm probably the one who's... Jamie's got a pretty awesome tolerance, so he, I'm probably <laughs> get drunk before him. But, um, yeah, I think there is some argument for not being friends with your colleagues on Facebook. If Jamie was to invite me, I wouldn't decline him. I think I'd be a bit yeah. rude. But he's never invited me. Well, it, I, I guess it depends, you know, what kind of controversial stuff you're going to be posting on, well, quite. on, on, on Facebook. You know, if, if you are incredibly offensive all the time mm. and your colleagues don't know it then maybe it's not then they're suddenly like damn yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so i'm so i'm i'm quite boring i basically got two things i've got totally parochial things like pictures of like my kid's birthday party or us going for a walk in the woods or yeah. something something like that or it's my little bugbear which you might get back to in a minute actually because this is relevant to the data privacy thing which is uh freedom of speech okay um so it's completely polarized it's either Totally parochial or current affairs, mm. and there's sort of nothing in between. What about you? What, what's your sort of typical output on social well, media? I, I, I try to publish um, posts and stories that I think people would actually. actually I'm going to butt in, Jamie. What's your typical output? <laughs> I'm just trying to get him because he's got a mouthful of donut. That's yeah, Jamie. Um, <laughs> over, over to you. He just puts up pictures of donuts. I <laughs> see. I don't actually put that much on Facebook, to be honest. No, so um, I'm not missing out. No, no, not really. Right. Although, you know, it's a slight, so I'll remember it. Ah, okay. But the thing is, Fair you enough. get these people who publish uh, posts with, you know, what they've had for dinner. And, and you've got to ask mm. yourself, you know, why... why, why or for tea. Or for tea. Um, I or, do do that on Instagram, though, I'll be honest. But that's what, <laughs> you do? But that's what right. Instagram is for, right? Because, you know, it's, it's more of a... I don't a, use a, Instagram at all. Well, it's more of a pictorial kind of social media platform, isn't it? So so if, you, if you've had a fabulous dinner in a restaurant and it looks beautiful on a plate, you'd post a picture of that yeah. and share it with your friends because you'd say, what a wonderful dinner this is and what a fabulous restaurant this is but Facebook has has a slightly different voice and generally people don't really care what you've had for dinner I, I, I tend no. to find that the, you know with, with Facebook the, the posts that get the most traction are those which are a little bit more controversial um, so it might be a yeah. video of somebody falling over or, okay. or or even worse so yeah so I, so I usually put up stuff that I've cooked and how nice what is that, like? is that is that it's chicken it's really that's nice a massive chicken. it's not very radio it's really friendly that's, it looks lovely but it's a huge chicken it's nice look so yeah, well, I, I don't have any scale, but it looks reasonably huge. It looks like huge. a big chicken, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah. How did you how did you season that chicken, Jamie? Mm. So garlic butter oh. rubbed all the way on the skin, and then um, you know got a bit of a got an onion right up there, <laughs> right up there, Jaxie. And then um, I think it was a bit of uh, a bit of smoked paprika and uh, parsley like on it. top. So my uh, my stock chicken is with um, lemon and tarragon on it. And I squeeze the lemon on the chicken, and then the the remainder of the lemon. I <laughs> sorry, uh, Pierre just blew off there. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you been have you been hitting the garlic eclairs again? Yes. Uh, and then I stick a lemon inside. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to take that hint. Let's get back. Yeah, Wait, right. I blame you, Tristan. You've put us on a massive it's, tangent. It's all my fault. I'm data, after all. data privacy. So, so why do we care? So we've 
I what I think is interesting about what you just said, Jamie, is how it's a sort of live by the sword, die by the sword for these sort of social media companies. They can't appropriate everyone else's content, all the stuff we put up, mm. our pictures of chickens or whatever, um, and then claim to have no ownership or responsibility or comeback over that stuff. Well, that's I mean that's part of uh, you know. The, the hate the hate speech and yeah. the censorship but I mean like what Schrems is doing is more along the lines of the mechanics of how Facebook works and this is where I think it's going to be incredibly scary for you know no offence Tristan but people like you who as soon as this court man case on street. man on street, man on street. Um, as soon as this court case comes to light he he hates Facebook he hates their fi- uh, privacy principles he hates the amount of data sharing that they do so he is going to dredge up every relationship that they have with third parties. He's going to yep. he's going to make them fully explain their relationship with intelligence agencies. He's going to he's going to he's going to bring to light how much information they have on you, the granularity of that information, yep. and then how they share how protected that. it is. Yeah, yeah, and it, it's I think. So what can they do to? If we assume that to a certain degree, that's a threat. What can they do to prevent that happening? What can they do to appease Shrems? So I don't think it's... I, I mean, it's it's more the... His argument is that they're not maintaining European privacy principles in America. Right. Um, but I don't think... I think that is a side subject. I think this media circus is going to open... You know, it's going to open everyone's eyes to how much information Facebook has on you. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, so I got a burp coming after that donut. Um, okay, fair enough. If you, so, if you need a minute, me and Tristan can have a chat. If you've got to <laughs> lay some but, donut burp discreetly in the corner, there. I mean, I think I think it's just going to open. It's going it, to everyone's going to realise how much information they have on them, and yeah. it's going to scare people because I don't think anyone on the street realises, you know, how in depth they know you. Right. Like, okay, do they, Tristan? I, I don't, but yeah. but I don't know whether I'm the voice for everybody who has care? a Facebook account. No, not really. I only I only care to the point where if my if my data was leaked, where it affected me maybe from a financial perspective. So, for instance, right. if they could obtain my details and then set up a bank account and then right. you know from, from that, fraudulent stuff. Yeah, from, from from a fraudulent perspective. But you know, if if somebody has my details, and um, what what are they going to do with those details? I, I don't you know they they, they can they can look at. But my what if they're selling? So what if they're Selling it. I mean, I've got some sympathy with your point of view, by the yeah. way. But what if they're selling it? What if they've there's a whole file on Tristan, yeah, which is being commoditized and has become a product and is being sold left, right, and centre, and you've got absolutely no say in how the, the control of that file and how it's and you're not getting a piece of the action either. Yeah, but 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 ultimately, those those people who are going to be buying that data and using that data have to ultimately come back to me. Then and and at that point is when I can stop the contact, right? So yeah. if, if somebody wants to sell me. Um, PPI services. If yeah, somebody yeah. wants to sell me anything, I, I can block that number. I can I can stop that contact. So, so, so it's a point of contact for you. Is what yeah. they do with it behind the scenes? You're, you're sort yeah. of saying out of sight, out of mind. What, yeah. I don't, what I don't know can't hurt me, sort of thing. Yeah, from my perspective, and, and I'm sure that quite a few other people would probably feel the same. I mean, if it's not damaging you directly, if it's if you know Fair somebody's enough. not setting up a, a false account in your name, if somebody's not um, using your details in a fraudulent way. Um, what, what do we really care? I mean, I, I don't really. I mean, it's not nice to know that somebody's using your details. It's not nice to know that somebody's storing your information, and it could be a bit of malice behind that. Yeah. But but ultimately, if if a, if it doesn't come back to you directly, if there's no repercussions from that, okay, I, I don't have a time or day to really care about it. So this much. is one of, one of the other things that um, so. What you were saying there, you know, whether it's going to have financial impact on you, has just reminded me of something I saw at um, a WeDo conference last year. Yeah. So they had someone in from Ericsson, and they turned around, and this Ericsson person said, "We don't actually know what the implications or what the dangers are of our details being leaked online." Um, you know, for instance, if all this information is out there about you. And more of our lives are becoming on the digital and becoming online. You know, in theory, a hacker could create an account about you, and Facebook yep. is being um, is being used as an authenticator of many services nowadays. Yeah. You know, how long before that leaks into credit or debit or you know those sorts yeah. of things? You know, this person in 
Moldova, let's say, creates a Facebook account because he knows all this information about you, has access to all Not these that pictures. we're saying that Moldovans are all intrinsic. <laughs> no, 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 no. It could be anyone. It could be anyone. Um, <laughs> Wales, for example. It's definitely not the Welsh. <laughs> it, could, it could be the Irish. I mean, definitely the French. Yeah, um, yeah. But let's, let's go for France. Yeah, let's go for France. Say there's this Definitely dodgy, France. there's this dodgy Frenchman, uh, <laughs> like hanging around the corner, and he he's collected all the information about you. He's created this profile. He could apply right now. He can sign up to I don't know a Daily Mail newsletter, mm-hmm. but before too long, he might be able to sign up as yeah. a credit card or, or or something like that. That's yeah. a good point, and, and to be the, the balance in the force between Tristan's perspective and yours, I've got a lot of sympathy with Tristan's perspective in so much as, you know, I use Google like crazy. Google is by far my biggest digital information vice. I use Gmail, I use Google Drive, I use Google Maps, I use all kinds of, I've got an Android phone. And and I'm accepting the sort of Faustian pact, the trade-off, that I'm getting yeah. all this stuff for free. Mm-hmm. But one thing I will say in mitigation of the what I don't know can't hurt me is... You don't know if it can hurt you until it does. Yeah, it's like one of those things when, you know, back to sort of general privacy, um, when they go, well, if you know, if you're not guilty of anything, you've got nothing to be afraid of. But what if the police come after you, and you know you're innocent, but they decide you're guilty? Then suddenly you have got something to be afraid of. So there are nuances, there are grey areas to all this stuff. Um, and I think uh, I think one other aspect I'll put on it. So this is all coming on the week that they're all over in Davos. Yeah, they're all over in this ski resort. And I always find the Davos thing a bit weird because there's all these sort of oligarchs and general, you know, well, that's people. What Ross's name said today, wasn't it? One of the Labour backbenchers who's trying to get a couple of minutes of minutes of fame. He said, "Why, right. why should, why should we glamorise this meeting? Or yeah, yeah. This this elite meeting when you know the normal man isn't invited. Yeah. And funnily enough, he's sat in London while everyone else is in Davos. Yeah. So, so he's got the arsehole <laughs> a bit about it all." I mean, and, and obviously, you know, on the flip side, you've got to have people in charge. You've got to have some kind of ruling class. It can't be a completely flat hierarchy where we're all just winging it. But sometimes things like Davos just seem a bit smug and self-congratulatory. And, uh, you know, and you get these people standing up. And one of the things that comes up, you know, I think one of the things that bothers the Davos types is how powerful these internet companies are. So I was reading a, an editorial in, in, a, in another publication where they're going, the top five companies in the world now are all US tech companies by market cap. So you've got Apple, Google, Microsoft, Facebook, Amazon. Not necessarily in that order, although I'm pretty sure Apple's first. Um, whereas five years ago, apparently it was like Exxon, you know, some, I don't know, some Saudi oil company or whatever, lots of other stuff, Walmart. So even in five years, and, and this is an interesting thing, we, we sort of take it for granted, but in five years, things have changed quite a lot. And the masters of the universe in terms of market cap are these tech giants that we're talking about. I mean, that's a, that was something that um, that was an evening standard last night, actually, was that they were turning around and they were saying these companies that are in charge of the world aren't taking their responsibility completely seriously at the moment. They're saying these guys are all, they're, they're, they're teenagers. <laughs> you know, they, they are they are seeing teenagers. what they can get away with. Yeah, they're seeing what they can get away with. They're not playing by the rules. They're pushing the boundaries. They're very self-righteous when it comes to sort of politics and sort of like forcing the agenda of the underserved and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, it's like a you know, it's like a sixteen-year-old found his like my first politics book. <laughs> um, you know, and they're not they're not taking they're not they're not they're looking at the most immediate circumstance and they haven't got a huge term yeah. long, uh, a long-term vision. I'm not saying I I agree with that because I think that the internet giants have some of the most fantastically brilliant people on the planet working yeah, yeah. for them but this was the view and but i see the view and i won't hear a word said against google from a completely consumer point of view because i love using all its products yeah but it does own a big piece of me whether i like it or not i'm gonna tristan i'm gonna do two things yeah go on. in a minute i'm gonna hand this back to you and before that i'm gonna ask you to pass the donuts over to me because i haven't had any yet <clears throat> and i know if i don't grab one now Pac-Man Davis over there <laughs> will scoff the rest of them. Uh, so, yeah, before we move on... There you go. There you go, Jamie. Before we move on, uh, Tristan, yeah. so any, any last thoughts on just the sort of... You know, you've said that you're not that bothered as long as, you know, as long as your personal experience is, is yeah. benign. 
Any other sort of last thoughts on on the on the sheer sort of power and scale of these yeah, big I, tech I, I giants? Yeah, I think you know, as as a man on the streets, um, <laughs> yeah, mate, you know, mate, um, we, we 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 put some trust into these companies that their security. Um, you know that their, their, their security is up to scratch as well. I mean, it's not totally the onus isn't totally on us. You know, it's not totally our responsible to 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 watch where our data is being put to to have control over that. You know, when when we we, we don't we don't sign up to Facebook um, thinking right. Well, you know, there is a chance that my data could be leaked, um, but I'm going to take a chance because it's a free service. We we also put a bit of confidence into you know in into these platforms because you know like you said you know there, there's some incredible brains working behind the brand. And you'd like to think that those incredible brands put safety parameters in place whereby like they, they, so, they could stop the first signs of that. I yeah, mean, yeah. for instance, like your, your, like your bank, you know, if, if, if a 99p transaction comes out of your account, which is out of the ordinary, usually your bank will call you up and say, well, this is a bit strange. Um, is, is this you? Yeah. And, you know, I, I, I would like to think that, you know, that there's people looking out there for you yeah. in the same way on, on so you got some media. you got some general faith in them I, I think so yeah right. I think a lot of people would do as well um, but it's it's not it's not you know the, the pressing issue when we use these social media platforms you, we, like I say you, you don't sign up to them knowing that your data could be leaked you sign up to them because you want to connect with the people that you know and like hey, I, think, I think the big issue there is because there's been no there haven't really been any negative consequences of it yet right yeah, you know, the when you look at data breaches and all that sort of thing, um, or any 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 adverse condition or event in the world, it's not real until you put a face on it. Yeah, and right and it now it becomes a problem. Yeah, and you know you and, until you humanise the problem. Yeah, and right now with all the data breaches, it's sucking a load of information. But at the moment, that's all it is. It's information. Yeah, no one's been you know or that I know of. It's not been highly publicised that someone has lost, uh, been you know, identity fraud or anything along those lines. Until you actually put a human face on it, it's not going to become a problem and not going to uh, be serious, um, which is, I think, is a huge problem. Yeah, no, I agree. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm going to move it along. Um, I've got a thing I've written about a little bit this week, which sort of draws together a couple of things we banged on about in the last few podcasts, uh, which is China and 5G. Um, but specifically from the point of view of Qualcomm. So, you know, Qualcomm, as we all know, is the biggest sort of mobile chip maker, but they're having all sorts of bother at the moment, left, right and centre. They've got um, they've got Apple contesting their licensing model. They've got, they just got earlier on this week, got done for a, a million, a billion euros by the European Commission for, funnily enough, <laughs> paying off Apple to not go with anyone else, which led me to speculate maybe that's why Apple got the arsehole with them in the first place maybe they stopped paying them off do you know what this is something we we were talking about yesterday and it was it was me ian ian was healthy yesterday i'm not saying he's surviving but ian was healthy yesterday yeah was Um, he about to go to the pub (laughs) (laughs) he was moaning because he left his power pack at home so god forbid um and mark from european comms oh this is uh, the orange thing yeah and the question was what (laughs) yes Um, I was there. I was working. Yeah, yeah. I wrote something <laughs> on it. Um, Qualcomm have been punished for this, but Apple re- Apple took the payments. Yeah, I mean they should be they should be punished as well. How have they got off scot free? Good point. That's good you point. know how have they got off scot free? Right. And why is it always scot free? Why can't it be Jamie free? Or Tristan free. Tristan free. Yeah. But yes, good point. Semantics aside, yeah, yeah. How come it's just Qualcomm's problem? Yeah. You know, if we go, you know. But they accepted the bribe. The, well, yeah, and I'll stress. Well, I, mean, I, I wrote sorry. it in my story. They, they accepted the payment. Exactly. I, I, I stress the European Commission never said the bribe, but as, as far as I'm concerned, paying someone some money to do something under the table is tantamount to that. Anyway, um, yes, oh, no, I completely agree. But anyway, that, the fact is that in the eyes of the law right now, Qualcomm are the baddies there. Um and that's just the latest thing. They've been getting grief off Korea. They've been getting grief off uh, various places. Yep, FTC. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so they've got that. And then on top of that, they've got a hostile takeover bid by Broadcom as well. So, I mean, you know, I used to joke that, that Qualcomm's lawyers just must have the easiest job in the world because they were basically just about patent protection. They're, you know, that, that was always sort of Qualcomm's business model is invent a bunch of stuff and then make sure that anyone who even gives it a sidelong glance pays you some cash. 
Um, but now their lawyers, they're, they're, they're earning their wedge right now, their lawyers. They're, they're fighting fires on about four or five different fronts. Anyway, and, and then this week I wrote about they, they, got, some, uh, they got some deal. I, by the way, it's a big mistake me grabbing this donut know, just before I was about to go off on a monologue. You've got, yeah. a tactic, to, you've got to tactically pick them up. Start, yeah, I know. I've got, I've got a lot to learn from you. Um, <laughs> they, they're going on this sort of tour of China. And they've got a bunch of um, smartphone vendors to sort of on side uh, to all just go, yeah, great, and sign this MOU, Memorandum of Understanding, saying we're definitely going to buy loads of Qualcomm 5G stuff. Uh, and, you know, 5G is, we're ramping up to this being the actual year the way 5G might actually turn up. If not this year, then within about 18 months. Um, and there's this MOU going, yeah, yeah, we're, we're totally into Qualcomm's 5G. And then, so there's this sort of jostling for position. And at the same time, there's a sort of geopolitical advantage to Qualcomm for, for being close to China, which they pretty much admitted. One I wrote up today, which I got from the FT, their president, Cristiano Amon, has been going, yeah, it's, it's pretty handy for us, especially with all the lip we're getting off Apple right now, to be close to China. And even said some nice things about Chinese approach to sort of intellectual property law which some which will stick in some people's throats because certainly in the past i'm not having a go at china or any individual chinese companies here but certainly in the past there have been questions over how much intellectual property protection there is in china and whether or not some people just nick your stuff um and so qualcomm's like putting seems to be putting itself very much in the sort of pro-china camp uh almost as a direct you know apple's the quintessential American company, although all its manufacturing is done in China, well, that's another matter. They're almost saying, all right, Apple, we're, we're going to hang out with China now if you're going to be dicks. Um, and then on, on the flip, and then at the same, on the same day, I wrote a story about Huawei, Intel and Deutsche Telekom doing this sort of groundbreaking bit of um, 5G new radio interoperability testing. Um, and this is particularly significant from the Intel point of view because Intel's always really struggled to catch up with Qualcomm on the mobile chip side. So Intel's great at PCs and data centers, servers, that sort of thing. But they've always been rubbish at mobile. And and they're determined to sort of try and catch up with Qualcomm. So that's quite a big coup for Intel to get this um, big gig. You know, Deutsche Telekom, you know, we've written about it plenty, Jamie. Um, they're one of the pioneers when it comes to sort of 5G R&D. Obviously, Huawei's right up there. And, and the other interesting thing from a geo, geopolitical point of view, and, and I will shut up in a sec, I promise. I can see Joe switching off. What, what game, game are you playing no, on your phone? Games. Yeah. So, so many tangents. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, it's a stream of consciousness, isn't it? Yeah. It's a podcast, mate. That's, that's the gig. Anyway. Um, <laughs> is, uh, so Intel, so we've got Qualcomm getting cosy with China. We've got Intel getting cosy with Huawei. And at the same time, we've written stuff about uh, the American state sort of casting very suspicious glances at China. So there's there's a lot of sort of geopolitical intrigue going on there. So yeah, I've, I've banged on that. I'm not sh- quite sure what sort of conversational avenue I've opened up. But um, do you think uh, this sort of America-China telecoms tech thing, I'll start with Jamie, um, is, is going to run? Is that going to sort of turn into a sort of bigger deal? Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> Elaborate, Jamie. <laughs> um... <laughs> Because I'm going to eat some donut that's been well, sat in my hand. they just don't like each other, do they? Mm. You know, American companies want to go into China, but the Chinese government wants to protect the interest of Chinese companies. And you've got Chinese companies that want to go into America, but America want to protect the interest of American companies. Mm-hmm. So you've got two people trying to push into elsewhere. It's just like, it's just like two stubborn children. Um, trying to bicker and fight, and who's who's got who's going to be the biggest baddest on the play, playground? Mm-hmm. There's no give, and no. there are they. You know, they're two incredibly. I mean, I'm not going to. You know, I'm going to say this, and I'm not going to limit it to America and China because I think every politician is incredibly arrogant. But you've got two sets of incredibly arrogant politicians who won't back down. You know, you've got Trump on one side, who was saying, you know, look how big my hands are. Um, <laughs> um, no, saying, uh, you know, I want to put America first, and I'm going to bring everything back to America. And there's just no give in that policy. Yeah. And you've got the Chinese who are trying to protect their own markets and enforce themselves onto the international world. Yeah. But there's very little give 
at the same time, especially when it comes to America. And I, I get the impression there's, there's actually not much correlation between what the state is saying and what the private companies are saying. So I imagine, I reckon most companies, like AT&T was on the verge of signing a deal with Huawei. They, they, don't, they don't care about geopolitics. They just care about making money and doing business. Yeah. And Qualcomm and Intel are both over there being chummy with Chinese companies. And they, again, don't care about geopolitics. They just care about making money. So I think sometimes... Yeah, and this isn't going to be contentious. People have been saying this for, for centuries, that politicians get in the way of everyone else just getting on with their lives and doing business. Every business turns around and... So, like, so I'll start with politicians, actually. Politicians, they to serve the people. And to serve the people, you've got to make them richer, you've got to make them more comfortable, and you've got to make them fatter, essentially. Um, businesses, they don't give a shit about the people. You know, the people that they're serving... Except their customers whose money they want. They're, they're investors. They're the only people they genuinely... Well, they want customers. Well, yeah, but it doesn't matter where that customer is. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah. That's what you meant. Yeah, yeah. But they're investors. They, they'll get, it could be a hedge fund in London. It could be a private investor in, uh, I don't know, in Abu Dhabi. It could be a pension fund in Washington. Yeah. No. You know, they don't give a shit. Money's money. There's no boundaries yeah. to these companies. They, they, they just want to do business better. And But the politicians are very insular. They're, they're not concerned about what other people, um, uh, you know, how, whether, yeah. you know, they're not concerned whether the French are getting fatter. They're only concerned that the Americans are getting fatter. Yeah. Um, so they've so, just got a completely different set of priorities. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, uh, and one is, only one is uh, going to help the technology industry move forward. And it's certainly not the one that is waving their hands around saying, look how big they are. Yeah. So, man on the street, Tristan. Yeah. China. Yeah. You know, when you're uh, when you're hanging out in Billericay, wherever it is you hang well out. Well remembered, yeah. <laughs> Billericay. Yeah, Billericay. Gavin, 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 yeah. Gavin was from there. Gavin was from Know him well. No one likes him. No. <laughs> He's a bell end. Really is, yeah. yeah right, I don't, I don't know who you're talking about, I but I hope, I hope, that, I hope <laughs> they're not going to sue us. You've never watched on, Gavin, Gavin Stack. Oh, that Gavin, right? Yeah, so yeah, I thought we were talking about a real person. Everyone no, knows no, him, no one likes him. Right, right. He's a Tottenham fan, wanker. Oh, really? It all. That's so harsh. Uh, not all Tottenham fans are wankers. I'd like to point you know, out. They are. They are. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting ganged up on here. Who do you support, then, Pierre? You know who? Paris Saint Germain. The no, French. Arsenal. Arsenal. Yeah. Anyway, stop distracting me. Man, Man on the, the street. Streets. China. Do you yeah. care? No. I'm not at all. No. Do you even know where China is? Um, yeah, it's uh, Asia. <laughs> no, the thing is, you know, listen. It's this, down the road. This, this, is, this is obviously like a, a superpower kind of face-off between America and uh, mm. and China. And and from a from a commu- uh, consumer perspective, you know, we're just waiting for North um, Korea to to launch the best iPhone uh, <laughs> smartphone ever. So, North Korea. You know, yeah, well, an- an- another sort of imposing superpower which, which yeah. can, you know, come to light and just say, actually, behind the scenes, we've been working on this Oh, I see. And, and, a- ha- and, and actually, it trumps, and this one's, it trumps China, it trumps this America. This one's a, got a drone and, built into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, no pun intended. And, <laughs> and, and, you know, from... You can't man, say man Trump on, anymore, can you? No, you can't. Okay. Do, you, do you give a about where you buy... So, let's say, let's say all phones are equal. Okay. Do you honestly care if you've bought a British-made phone or a Chinese-made phone? If if all phones were equal, then I think we would, because you'd like to think that you'd like to support your own economy, right? So if if you, would, if, if would you, had, you? well, I I would personally. And, and what again, about if I, it's a hundred dollars cheaper? Okay, so but then it's not all equal, is it? No, so, no, te- so technology. Technology, I mean. Oh, okay. So you're saying that the, that the tech is exactly the same. That yep. There's a price difference. Um, you're going to get the same product, but one product is a hundred dollars cheaper. No, we wouldn't care then in that case. Yep. But would anybody then? But the case? politicians would. So, so, nas- so nationalism, nationalism would only be a tiebreaker if everything else was equal. Yeah, because but it's quite low down your priority list. It probably is. Yeah. Isn't it, isn't it with everybody? I mean, certainly just, is with me. I mean, just look look at everything that we own and, and wear and, and have. You know, it's all outsourced, isn't it, to to different countries? Oh well, if you want to drill down, yeah. When pretty much everything's manufactured yeah. in China or Southeast Asia. So, you but know, like, if, if you're a nationalist, then, you know, you've really got to ask that person, well, well, what do you have that, that is British? What, what do you have which is quite, made in, in the Or UK? is it just superficial branding? Is it just they've yeah. slapped a Union Jack on it? Yeah, yeah. And then suddenly you go, yeah, I love that. See, yeah. this is the brilliant attitude of the consumers, though. They don't care. So they embrace the global economy. It's only, like you said, the politicians are getting in yeah. the way. It's only the politicians that are holding back 
um, the the sort of the global economy because there's this idea that they have to protect themselves. Um, but you know, the America China thing, I hate it. Right. You know, if they both just, just gets in the way. If they just stood back and said, "Yeah, go do your thing," the better company will win out. But at the moment, no one can win out because they're headbutting each other so much that they're preventing one company from going in there and the other company from going yeah. in there. So we just never know. And and yet you've got companies like Intel and Qualcomm just going, we're going to hang out with China anyway. Yeah. Which is which is good. It's almost saying to sort of Trump or, or the politicians in general, yeah, make all the noise you want. We're just going to go about our business, which is, I, from my point of view, how it should be. I want to, before we go on to the Amazon thing, which I flagged up, I did get reminded to myself that, Jamie, you were hanging out with Orange this week, and that's something I meant to ask you about, but I forgot to flag it up at the start, so I'm going to ask you briefly now. Just give us a quick overview of what was going on when you were hanging out with Orange. Um, so, top line, they're trying to absorb as much of your monthly outgoings as possible to, my from my perspective make it more difficult to leave as a customer. So this is the, the multiplay strategy that yeah. sort of give you as much so much stuff that it's hard to move on. But they're going they're taking it to a new level. So they've got you know they've got fixed line, they've got fixed broadbands, they've got mobile, they've got T V. They've also got banking, energy services, they're playing around with IoT and smart cities. They've got smart security as well. So where everyone is trying to break into the foreplay, the quad play, they've got... <laughs> foreplay. <laughs> foreplay, nice. <laughs> that uh, sounds a bit rude. And they've got six or seven strings of their bow. Uh, yeah. So the, I think, you know, it's a it's a sensible strategy. If I buy 10 services off one company, when I leave, I've got to find 10 different providers. Yeah. Um, so... So what, they, so what are good at? So, like to get into the quad play. So we, it's traditionally sort of fixed line telephony, broadband, mobile, TV, and then you start to get go up the stack and you get into sort of actual content providing producing yeah. your own content, and God knows where else we could go. You're saying they're getting sort of further up. Are they producing their own content? Mm, in certain genres, yeah. All right, and. And I think I remember from chatting to you about this. I'll talk for a sec to, so you can get that Rice crispy surprise down here. Mm -hmm. uh, yes, <laughs> yes, listeners, straight viewers, we haven't just got donuts. We've got Sainsbury's Rice crispy surprises as well. Um, they they haven't gone mental on the content. They haven't gone like BT and just bid a zillion quid for all the Premier League. They're more doing sort of lower budget, more sort of quirky original content. Is that correct? Yeah, but then in um, different genres as well. Okay. Some more the arts. Right. Um, they've invested in that. But is it quite French stuff? Is it the sort of thing Pierre would like? Yeah. Is it people in berets lot, lots contemplating of, lot, life? Lots of food shows about garlic and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, um, so who do you, um, uh, who, 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 who are you a customer of in terms so, of content-wise now? It, TV. It, oh, TV. Sky. Sky. Okay. Yeah. yeah. After I just told him not to name any brands, you go and ask him to name a brand. Sorry, you haven't done anything wrong. We, we, we can edit that out. You know, <laughs> just, just bleep it over. So, so as you were. Yeah. Um, how, but how do you? I mean, do you have all your services with them? Yeah. Do you know what I do? And um, from from a, a consumer perspective, I'm a, man, a man on the streets. Um, I, I find it's a lot easier to pay one bill to one provider which yeah. covers multiple services because we are fundamentally lazy people yeah. and, and actually I, I just think one of those done don't you it is yeah do you know because you know we, we care but we only care to a certain point we can't be bothered with speaking to five companies about five different services yeah. we would all rather oh well, I'm speaking quite generally but I'm yeah. sure that most of most you're of speaking on behalf agree. of the man in the street so I'm speaking <laughs> on behalf you're of the entitled man, to speak generally the man and the women of the that's street. true we, yeah. we are, before we get done for that we, we don't we don't want to get done for that you know we're, we're, we're speaking on behalf of everybody here is that we, we probably would pay a little bit more just for somebody just to get it all just wrapped up so and, done you, and sorted out would you if if you could save let's say five pounds on each of your services so you're on yeah. three services there yeah. sky mobile and tv yep so i've got um sky internet sky yeah. tv but uh, my contract my mobile phone is with okay uh, with is with a different provider so if you <laughs> So if you've Too got late, um, if you've got two, if you've got two services through Sky, yeah, um, I'm going to say it as often as possible. So it's <laughs> um, done the genies out of the bottle. Yeah, yeah. If you if you were given the option to save five pounds a month on each of those services, yeah. would you change? But 
But would that be on the basis of um, those services coming from different companies or from the same yeah. company? Yeah, different, uh, probably, different companies. Probably not. So what? So, so you yeah. take the fifteen quid hit just to or not ten have the quid, ten quid. It's only two services. Oh, right? yeah. No, I, I personally probably would. I, again, you know, I, I'm speaking on behalf of my myself and 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 the men and mm. women of the street. But you know, I, I think that I, I probably would. So that's the interesting thing about the orange business model and the sky business model. They need to find what's that pressure point where people start churning. Yeah. So they can they can push them that far. You know, is it an extra? So you're you're paying. Let's say, on theory, I think you're probably saving money. But in, in theory, they could push you to spend an extra ten pounds a month. Yeah. Because of the convenience. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. could that go up to fifteen pounds? Could that go up to twenty? Yeah. Pounds? Well, and, yeah. and I'm the flip what side. I'm the flip side. I'm more piecemeal. I've got now TV. I can mention brands, Tristan, because okay. I'm a journalist, and you know, and I'm the you're editor. So, <laughs> yeah. all right, that's just my that's just my advice to you, which you've thrown back in my face, and that's fine. Um, I, I tricked him into. Yeah, he did. You might be seeing Scott. me again. Viewers, so. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got I've got Now TV, which is which is Sky, but it's very much the sort of piecemeal video on demand entertainment bit, yeah. or the Sky Atlantic bit, which is the main reason you do it because there's all these cool box sets and stuff. Yeah, and then I also get the uh, Amazon Prime thing. And I've been watching uh, Man High Castle, which is good fun. I what recommend series that. you on? Just finished the second one. That's oh, really? as far as it goes, isn't yeah. it? So there's no spoilers. You can lay the on. First series was brilliant. Loved it. Yeah, I like, I like both. I um, but anyway. haven't watched the second one yet. All oh, right, well then I won't spoil it for you. Uh, it's more of the same. Um, <laughs> uh, Hitler did it. Anyway, um, <laughs> he's a bad guy. It's <laughs> <laughs> a bad. Well, keep your eye on him. Keep your eye on that guy. Um, and then what's another? And then Netflix. So we've got three vod things going yeah. on. Yeah. Apart from lots of vods in our drinks cabinet. <laughs> um, and. Uh, and that's probably about 20, 25 quid. Yeah. So it probably could amount to a subscription, a, a full comprehensive subscription by itself. But I quite like the fact that it's piecemeal and I could drop out of any of them whenever I want. I don't, I hasten to add. I've had them both, for, all three of them for years. But that's sort of different approach to consumption. Well, I don't think you're, you're the exception. I think a lot of uh, consumers will have uh, Amazon Prime. I'm going to name a few brands now because yeah. I've already done it. I've already, I've already, <laughs> it's done now. If, I, if I'm going to, it, it's already happened. So I think, I think a lot of We've consumers sold our would, would, would the have devil. Amazon Prime, Netflix, Sky, yeah. and you know, Vodafone. But but I think you know for core services. So we're talking internet, we're talking TV, we're talking uh, landline phones. Yeah. I think you know typically um, consumers will go to one company which can package those core yeah. services because we know that you know Amazon will offer services above Netflix. So it's a core like core fix connectivity because no yeah. one really uses landlines does anyone use landlines well I've got one but I, no, nobody's called me on it ever no I've all, got, all you get is spam isn't it yeah. all I get is people ring me up going you just had a car crash but I'm I like, think eventually the, <laughs> eventually there's going to be uh, you're going to be able to access all your services through your TV in terms of content now. yeah you know so there is there, Sky's just moved to that isn't it I was yeah. writing that up yeah. and eventually there'll be some sort of deal that you can pay for it all through one place, let's say, uh, or someone gets really good at content, like oranges with yeah. their t- so their TV offering in France is apparently really good. Okay, Pierre, maybe you can back me up. Is Orange TV any good in France? Is it? I haven't been there in eleven years. Oh right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, to be fair, Tim, although he's got a bit of an exotic accent, he doesn't live in France, <laughs> which is why we're able to secure his services for yeah. this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so like, and I, I just think that's going to escalate further and further. And but the the really interesting thing that Orange are doing, and I think this is could be this is the best part of differentiation I've heard for a long time. They got their banking thing. Now they're moving into energy services. Right. Because energy, it doesn't matter where you buy it. It's completely commoditized. It's completely mm. commoditized, and yeah. it's all about You don't go, I got some cracking energy the other day. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time... It's like drinking a Red Bull or something. But at the same time... Sorry, when I'm finished, in, bad me. Um, Orange operates in like eight, nine markets around Europe. So it can buy energy from wherever at wholesale prices, and it can distribute that energy... Um, you know, and make adds an extra value, adds an extra bill onto your orange subscription, yeah. and all of a sudden you're hooked in as a customer even more. Yeah. And they're not doing anything. They're not necessarily making any more money. They're just bundling and aggregating and being they're just, convenient. They're being sticky. But yeah. on, on the flip side of all of that, you know, if like a donut. If, 
if companies package still too many services, so we're talking a, a packaged uh, utilities company, a packaged service provider utility, it may actually encourage consumers to actually flip the other side and actually hunt for a deal because then yeah. they may be facing, well, actually, this is one price, one, but you're, you're probably making yeah. money from it, you know, in which case I don't think I'm going to get a good deal. Because well, that's what, that's what Jamie was getting to, that, that optimum point. Yeah. Because uh, if you overbundle, yeah, you start yeah. to get a bit freaked out Absolutely. and like these people yeah. are owning my life. Right. I'm getting a, I'm getting stern looks from Pierre. So I'm going to quickly move on to the last one, which I was meant to do before, but I want to go off on that orange tangent, which is Amazon Go. This is just a quickie. So Amazon, I wrote a story. This has been in the pipeline for a little while, but they finally sort of opened it up. This is a store. Um, which is made by Amazon, but it's actually a physical store. So they're sort of going against their whole sort of DNA, which is e-commerce. But the uniquely Amazon take on it is that there are no cashiers. So you walk in, you you get you fire up an app on your phone to sort of scan your way in, and then you go and just grab stuff off the shelf, and you just leg it. You don't have to do anything else. And by virtue of this sort of system of cameras and sensors and, and all-round cleverness, um, they know what you've grabbed and then it just gets billed to your Amazon account, which I think is quite cool. And I think it's also quite scary for retailers because this is on quite a small scale right now and I'm sure there'll be all sorts of teething problems with people making well, off with stuff. The teething problems were six months ago. Cause like right, because that's why they delayed it. They, they delayed it because people like the system was freaking out when too many people went into the shop. Yeah. And also if you move too quickly. I so see. like if it couldn't it, it couldn't lost you know, track of you if it lost track started of sending you, robocop after you the system would freak out so yeah. yeah so that six months ago it freaked out it looks like they've semi nailed right. it now so that, so that, let's say they've let's say they've nailed it in on the scale of a corner shop yeah um but there's <clears> we every reason to assume that if amazon can nail something small scale it can scale it up um and so that's really worrying not only is amazon owning them like there's so much business has been lost in traditional retail to go to e-tail, principally Amazon. But now, what little shops they've got left, Amazon's thinking again after them. So, yeah, just to sort of wrap it up, I think it's a really interesting story just as a sort of moment, a sort of milestone in technology as it affects consumers. Um, I'll, uh, I'll pass it to Jamie first, and then I want to finish off with the man-on-the-street perspective. Um, do you think that, that this sort of Amazon development is quite interesting? I think it's very interesting, but I don't think it's... I think it's a lost leader idea. I think it's a PR stunt. Right. So I think um, with the Echo Dots and what it's Echo trying to drones, do... PR stunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's just all PR stunt. They're trying to automate everything. Right. Um, but I think that'll carry through to eventually to be some sort of business. Not a very successful this is one. what, delivering by drones? Yeah, yeah. But, just uh, picture them smashing into each yeah. other in the sky. <laughs> For remote locations, I can see there being a value okay, yeah. there. Um, like whales. Yeah, yeah, basically. You know, that sheep ordered a, ju <laughs> a jumper. Let's go deliver it to it. Um, but I think it's, uh, with, the, with them trying to create more of a, you know, you order all your food and you pay for everything with your smart speaker, they need to create some sort of persona in real life, the in real life, and in the retail industry and in right. the grocery industry. So they need to get some brand credibility that they are present in the grocery industry before they can properly okay. disrupt it with online deliveries. So I think it's fair enough. No, that's it's good. an interesting I idea. I think that is a good point. So Tristan, yeah. like, so their, their pitch to the man in the street is cues, eh? Mm. We all hate them. Yes. Now we've got rid of them. Well, we're how, British. How, we love them. What? I've got to be honest, though, Scott. You know, we I, I queue for self checkout at, at major supermarkets, right. so I don't think that automated uh, checkout services necessarily reduce queues. But I can understand with this new Amazon, you just walk uh, out. You just walk out, yeah. walk out with it. But you know, from from a man on a street perspective, I would ask, um, and you know, man and women, <laughs> 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 but, um, and, and transsexual to have an un, and, and transsexual. We are we encompass everyone here. Um, <laughs> We're an inclusive podcast. To have an unmanned shopping environment. Does that mean that um, they don't need to pay staff salaries? In which case, does that mean that yeah, we would well, be able to one. pass on cost savings to the consumer? Or so a brand, do they just trouser the difference? Or, or do they just say, actually, no, um, it's up to us. We make an absolute yeah. killing off of it. You pay you pay what the hell we, we, we mark it up the as. The tech is probably expensive. Though. The tech will be very expensive. Um, yeah. It's got to have X amount of micro-location sensors yeah. all around the store so it can track your phone all the time. They do have staff. Yeah, well, they've got to stack the shelves. They haven't got robots doing that Stack yet. the shelves, but it won't be too long before. No, I know, because that's what they do in their warehouses half the time, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but also in the booze aisle. 
Uh, right, they've got so to have someone they checking your ID. Yeah, they haven't figured out how can we genuinely make sure that the person's scanning Although in. I don't get that, because if you're scanning in with an Amazon account, and granted, you could be using a bogus mm. Amazon account, but then that's fraud on all sorts of other levels. Yeah. Well, I could have taken my, my dad's phone, and, you know, I scan in, and for all intents and purposes, yeah, because so. it hasn't got any uh, sort of, like, Yeah, and there'll be national laws where they'll get done if they flog kids' yeah. alcohol. So what, what's the upside here for Amazon? Is, is it meant to basically stimulate impulse well, I, th- I think Jamie's. I think Jamie's onto one. I think he's actually given it more thought than I have. To be fair, <laughs> um, uh, I think as as a sort of PR stunt, it's really interesting. As a you know, we're all writing about it. We're talking about it now, yeah. um, and we're talking about how Amazon's just just pushing the boundaries and you know and rating them highly as a company, as an innovative company, and as a customer centric company, which I do. Um, I do think you know there's things like. Um, uh, Kindle, which I think's had all sorts of knock-on effects for Amazon. I think there have been some things that Amazon's done that has ended up being that have ended up being even bigger earners than they thought at the start. So you never know; they might just be rolling the dice and seeing. Let's see where this goes. I mean, this is yeah. the brilliant thing about these tech companies as well: is that they don't wait until they have to diversify to yeah. diversify. They're, like they're the tel- always trying stuff yeah. out. The telcos, they're they're getting panicky now, so that's why BT is spending so much on football rights and. Why you know I can't think of another good example. AT and T spent a hundred billion yeah, yeah. on you know Time get Warmer. It, if they can get it through, yeah, yeah. You know, they, it's it's gotten to that point where they have to diversify, so they're just overspending. Whereas you know Amazon doesn't have to, won't have to diversify for another twenty years, but it's looking at yeah. new avenues, yeah. so it doesn't get to that panic point in twenty years' time. Cool. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap it up there. I've got one more thought about this Amazon thing, which is automation in general. So this has happened ever since the Industrial Revolution and probably before. As soon as as soon as we um, develop machines to do things that people could do previously, everyone panics about redundancies and are we just a human being is just going to be a sort of brain, a useless brain in a jar or whatever. But this one is interesting. If there there would be a hell of a lot of people, especially sort of casual workers or, or minimum wage workers who work as as uh, in checkout, who work in supermarkets, who are going to be rendered redundant by this. And with each new wave of these things coming along, you sort of think, damn, I, I can't see where how these jobs are going to be replaced. This person who's been working on checkout at Sainsbury's, if they're suddenly redundant, it's not immediately obvious what they're going to do. They're not going to go and become some AI programmer, with all due respect. So, yeah, I think I think that's an interesting thing. It keeps happening. And I'll sign off with, with the one thing, that as long as Amazon doesn't come up with a computer that does journalism... Then I probably won't be too bothered. And sales as well. And on. sales. For that. Well, people buy from people, don't they? Trust they do. They do indeed. Yeah. <laughs> Not robots. Uh, <laughs> sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. Well, on that note, uh, I'll leave it there. Thanks a lot for coming, in, Tristan. It's great having you here, and thanks, Jamie. Thank and uh, thanks everyone for listening slash watching. Make sure you join us for the next one. <laughs>